Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, Every Nation New Jersey. God bless you. PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and I'm so excited that you would choose to spend Sunday morning here with us at Every Nation New Jersey. And uh, we've been going through the Gospel of John, and and today we're going to be in John chapter 12. And and really, the big idea for us today is is I want to talk to you about the hard parts, like like the hard parts of following Jesus. You know, like anything in your life that's of value, value there's there's always hard parts to go through, but it's it's the hard parts that always lead to the best parts. And so, uh, for example, um, man, I, I've been an avid weightlifter from probably the age of 12, and and man, there's some great parts to working out. Like like I love the endorphins it, it produces. Man, it just helps my mood. Sometimes if I if I don't work out, man, I can get just kind of melancholy, and and I can project that onto other people. Man, so there's some good parts about working out. I I love the the energy level it gives me, and and all these different things. But but you know what? There's some hard parts to working out. <laughs> you know that, right? L- like for me, leg day, man. I hate doing legs. And in fact, uh, uh, in my workouts, I have to. I have a, a journal. I need to write out the workout beforehand, so then I won't quit when I get to the hard parts, right? Um, uh, let me uh, use marriage as an example. I mean, no, marriage is amazing. Uh, my wife Susan and I have been married for 34 years, and and I, it's still in a in a day and age where loneliness is a pandemic. Um, how amazing is it that each and every day I get to go home to literally my best friend, right? That there's someone who's seen the ugly parts of me and still says, "Till death do us part," right? That that's a pretty amazing gift, and and so it, to to be able to go home and, and not have to pretend, you know, to be on all the time, but but you can just. Be yourself, and there's this kind of this unconditional love and acceptance, right? And and so, man, marriage is amazing. But how many know there is some hard parts to marriage? Is that a is that a universal amen from all of my married folk? Man, of course, man. There's there's moments in your marriage where you hit an impasse, and it feels like the way forward is is impossible. There's a whole lot of she never and he always, right? And and there's there's all kinds of this kind of stuff. And and there, there can be moments in marriage where you're like, are we gonna make it? Right? There's hard parts uh, to marriage. Um, and and I'll just go one step further. Can I just tell you, being a parent is fantastic. What a gift from God. Like I remember the first time I held my daughter and and there's just you're just overcome with this love, this unconditional love. You don't have to manufacture it. It just is there and and to this day I don't think it ever goes away, this unconditional love uh, for your child. And then there's this all kinds of celebration and joy, right? There's these landmarks they hit, like like the first uh, time that they speak and they're like, dada, right? And you're like, sorry, moms, it's dada, right? And so we celebrate and I'm texting all my friends and these other landmarks where the, your, your kid starts uh, crawling and then walking. Well, you're just overjoyed, man. And you're Instagramming and Facebook and all of that stuff or, or even ridiculous stuff, man, the first time your kid goes on the potty what do you do you lose your mind and celebrate right there's there's something like that's pretty bizarre but but child uh, man children are amazing or even the sense of pride that you feel in your child uh, be it uh, in their nursery school graduation or, or their college school uh, edu- uh, graduation 
it doesn't matter. You're still so proud of your kid, man. And so, so children uh, are a gift from God and they're amazing. But how many know that there's some hard parts uh, to raising kids? Like there are some hard parts. Like no one prepared me uh, um, for the, the reality that, man, discipline in your kid stinks. And, and it's exhausting. And to be consistent at it, it, it feels impossible. Like, like no one prepared me with the reality that, that sometimes you have to be against your kid in order to be for your kid. And if you have teenagers, you know exactly uh, what I'm talking about. Like no one prepared me uh, for parent pain. You know, there's no pain like parent pain. Like to have to watch your kids struggle or go through, uh, through things and there's nothing you can do. It's the most helpless feeling uh, on the planet. And so there's no pain like parent pain. And so, so being a parent is incredible, uh, but there's some hard parts to being a parent. But uh, this is what I've learned and the lesson that I, I need to relearn over and over again. And it's this, it's the hard parts in life that make the best parts possible. Right. And so the hard parts uh, in the gym are the things that are going to make you strong. Man, the hard parts in your marriage, if you can get through that, man, you will know levels of intimacy you never dreamed possible. Like the hard parts of parenting, man, you will produce a, a child that will be a blessing to you and to the world, right? It's the hard parts that make the best parts possible. And, and so in our text today, in, in John chapter 12, um, it's the beginning of the Passion Week. And you know what? The hard parts are coming for Jesus. Like uh, uh, in John chapter one through 11, it's just been like, like miracle deliverance, man, um, uh, just healing all these different things. And it's going to crescendo today in John 12 as Jesus uh, has uh, the triumphal entry and in all of Jerusalem are losing their mind, crying out, Hosanna to the king, Hosanna to the king. And there's this, this really high, high, but, but after this moment, man, the, the hard parts are coming. Like, like Jesus is going to be betrayed. Do you know the same people shouting uh, Hosanna that, that some four days later, they'll shout out, crucify him, crucify him, that, that uh, Jesus is betrayed uh, by Judas. He's abandoned by his disciples, that, that he's falsely accused and falsely tried, that he, he's going to endure several beatings and scourgings until, until ultimately they, they hang, up, hang him on a cross to die. Man, the hard parts are coming for Jesus. But you know, it's, it's the hard parts that Jesus walks through that the very best parts might be available for you and for me, right? And so in John chapter 12, we're going to begin in verses 12 to, to 26, and uh, it's Jesus' triumphal uh, entry, and it, it, it reads like this. Uh, it says, the next day, uh, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. And so let me just unpack a little bit of this. And um, did you notice in, in verse 12, it, it uses the term, it says, it says the next day, 
the next day. And, and that's significant because at this time, the next day is actually the, the, the 10th of, of the month of Nisan. And, and the 10th of Nisan is a significant date in Jewish culture. See, um, it's four days before the Passover. And if you go all the way back to the first Passover uh, in the book of Exodus, it was on the 10th of Nisan that, that God's people were commanded by God uh, to get a lamb, an innocent baby lamb. And they were to, to inspect it and then take it into their home. On the 10th of Nisan, they would take that, that lamb into their home and they would love and care for this lamb uh, for four days. But after the fourth day, they would take that lamb and that lamb would be slaughtered. And they would take the blood and they would put it over the doorposts of their home. And because of the shed blood of this innocent lamb, man, the death angel would pass over. And, and I just want you to feel that a little bit. Like it really struck me this week as I think we have an image of, of, a, of a, a baby lamb coming up. And you look at this thing. I'm, my goodness. You take this thing into your home for four days and you, and you love this cute little adorable animal. It's like taking a puppy home and then killing it after four days. Right. But it, it's designed for you and I to feel the weight of our sin, that it's our sin and our trespasses that causes an innocent lamb to die. And now here we see Jesus on the 10th of Nisan. Uh, the Lamb of God is received into Jerusalem. But four days from now, man, they're, they're going to hang Jesus on a cross. They're going to slaughter Jesus. And, but, but it's because of his shed blood that now the death angel can pass over you and me. And so um, as well, we read like, like the people are losing their mind, crying out Hosanna and they're, they're waving palm branches. And, um, you know, for you and I, this just seems like a, because we live in a free country, this just feels like a real cute parade. Uh, but the reality is, if you know uh, Israel's history, man, they, they've been they've been oppressed. And the term Hosanna, it means come Lord, save. They were crying out for a savior, a rescuer to deliver them from Roman oppression. Uh, this triumphal entry, it, it has shades uh, of, of another uh, insurrection uh, that we re read about uh, in Second Kings. It's the story of Jehu. Jehu was, was anointed by Elisha the prophet, and he was to go and, and uh, kick out the evil kings, uh, sons of Ahab, um, out of Israel, and he would become uh, the next king. And, and as he rode in, conquering uh, by, by a bloody, violent coup, Jehu would overtake the throne, and people would lay down their garments as Jehu uh, rode into Jerusalem, uh, and they would cry out, Hosanna. That, that just a couple hundred years prior to the birth of Jesus, Jesus, again, Israel was oppressed by the Seleucid Empire. But Judas Maccabeus, uh, they called him the hammer. Uh, he would lead a revolt against the Seleucid Empire, and he would overtake the Seleucids, kick them out of Israel, and he would liberate uh, the people of God. And, and so what they did is as a, they, they grabbed palm branches to celebrate their liberation, and, and they cried out to Judas Maccabeus, their new king, uh, Hosanna to the king, Hosanna to the king. And so now can you feel, uh, man, just this, this, this revolution that's in the air? air, this sense of patriotism and the cry out for the help of a savior. But, but here, I don't know if you, you caught this as well, that, but Jesus rides in on a donkey. <laughs> does, does that feel just like a, a little bit off brand? It's like, here are our heroes riding in, but 
he's on a donkey, right? That Jesus needs a new PR guy or something. But, um, but, but there's a reason behind that. Is uh, you know we read it in our text that that Jesus is actually fulfilling a scripture uh, in Zechariah hundreds of years prior to this, and Zechariah nine nine says this: Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And and so uh, we we see here that that man Jesus riding in is a king who who's bringing peace. See, um, if if a king was riding in for battle and for war, he would be on a war horse. In fact, we will see at Jesus' second coming, he won't be coming in on a donkey. He's riding in on a white horse that, that he has fire in his eyes and a sword coming out of his mouth and tattooed on his thighs this, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And he's coming back to destroy his enemies, those that refused his terms of peace. But this time, this time, Jesus is riding in on a donkey. The donkey, it's a, it's a sign if I come uh, in peace. So we see Jesus, the Prince of Peace, entering Jerusalem. Jerusalem means the city of peace. And what does he have? He has a message uh, of peace, that, that you can have peace with Almighty God. And so uh, Luke's gospel, it actually gives a, a different nugget, too, about, uh, about this donkey that Jesus is riding in on. It says that this donkey had never been ridden. And so uh, I'm not that much of an outdoor guy or whatever, but here's what I do know. If you try to mount uh, a donkey that's wild and never been ridden, that thing is not going to be like, hey, where do you want to go? No, it's going to lose its mind and buck and buck and buck unless it is the Prince of Peace that rests upon that donkey's back. And what happens? The Prince of Peace, wherever he goes, he brings peace. And, and, and isn't that awesome? Like, like, don't we all long for peace? You know, like, like the biblical idea of peace, it's the word shalom in Hebrew, and it means that there's nothing broken and nothing lacking. Nothing broken and nothing lacking. In, in the human soul, we long for it. We, we, we long for, for shalom uh, in our world. We long, long for shalom in our relationships. And we get this beautiful picture that when, when Jesus returns again, he's going to bring once again bring peace to the new heaven into the new earth and there'll be nothing broken and nothing lacking um, the prophet Isaiah he paints a picture of it for us in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 6 says this that at that time the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them like you see these things that are like seemingly mortal enemies, but but in the new heaven and new earth, man, there's peace there. And we walk together in peace. Like I wanted you to feel a little bit of this, this peace of God, man, this new heaven and new earth. I, I found this uh, video. We get this little glimpse of it um, from this guy who, get this, he walks with lions. All right, let's show the video. Come here. Oh my goodness. Come here. Yeah, yeah, and the water's crashing 
Yo guys, there is nothing more I could wish for in this entire world than this moment right now. I've been waiting for two and a half weeks to be reunited with my family again and finally we are here all together. Was that incredible? It's like it, I, every time I watch that video, like I, something like I tear up and, and something just there's an amen in my spirit, like like shalom, peace with God, with one another and with creation, man. And it's, it's coming one day. It's coming. Um, and so so back into our text today. We, we see this, that, that now after the chanting uh, of Hosanna, after the singing and the dancing and the celebration, as it all dies down, now we, Jesus becomes just painfully aware, it's time for the hard parts. The hard parts are coming. John chapter 12, verses uh, 23 to 28, it says this, uh, and Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Can I paraphrase? The hard part is coming. Verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Jesus is saying, this is, this is the reason I came. It's for the hard parts, because it's the hard parts that make the best parts possible. Verse 28, uh, he says, Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. It's, it's like both Jesus and the Father. They know that the hard parts are coming. I don't know if you've ever seen athletes when they, when they have a difficult task or, or people in the military when they have a difficult task, they'll gather together and they'll, they'll jump in and they'll pump one another out and it's like, like, like a high five um, in the Godhead between the Father and the Son. I have glorified your name and I'm gonna do it again, right? It's, it's the pump up before the hard things come. And a uh, couple things I, I wanna highlight in, in that text. So uh, looking back to verse 24, uh, like, like, here's what I know, man, the, the, it's hard uh, to die to yourself. But did you see the promise? The promise is much fruit. That if you're willing to lay down your life, man, you can take it up again and bear much fruit. Verse 24, I'll, I'll read it again. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And don't we see this in the life of Jesus? Jesus, his life, like a grain of wheat, it grows into the ground. But on the third day, he rises from the dead. And, and what do we see? Just fruit, like his 12 disciples, his 120 on the day of Pentecost. Man, that, that 3,000 at the birth of the church, right? And, and to this day, there's 2.2 billion Christ followers on the planet. See, because the, the, Jesus was willing to lose his life and go into the earth. Man, what, what's happened? Fruit and fruit that remains. Um, it's a picture when you and I are water baptized. When we go into the water, we're saying our old life, we're dying to our old self and what we're raised to newness of life, now bearing much fruit uh, in the earth and in the world. And so 
You know, this this last week, uh, once a month, uh, the guys in our church, we go out, get a meal, we, we make fun of each other, we encourage each other, but we do make fun of each other quite a bit, right? <laughs> and so we went to this one particular uh, restaurant, and so we're there, and guys are looking at the menu, but I noticed in this menu, uh, man, it had a huge selection, it was kind of overwhelming, but my go-to is shrimp tacos, man. And so I'm looking for shrimp tacos, no shrimp tacos, but they did have fish tacos. Uh, but here's what was highlighted on the menu. This is one of those menus where they show you the calories for each dish. Man, like fish tacos, 1,550 calories. Like, like almost a day's worth of calories uh, in one sitting. I'm like, what did you put in these fish tacos? So I'm like, no, thank you, man. That's going to cost me about an hour on the treadmill. So uh, I, go, I go salad, all right? <laughs> kind of a wah, wah, wah. But um, here, here's what, what I think we need to consider this morning. Do you know, you know that, that uh, like, like sh- uh, shrimp tacos or, or fish tacos, it looked good on the menu, but when I saw what it was going to cost me, man, it just wasn't worth the price. And, and in a real way, you know, sin, it, it looks good on the front end. It just never tells you the cost, what it's going to cost you. Like, like if we're honest, listen, we, we don't need to lie. Like, like sin is pleasurable for a moment. And for this momentary pleasure, is it really worth what it's going to cost you? And so we get a look at the, the works of the flesh, the menu, if you will, of the flesh. I'll read it to you in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. It says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so, so you can see this menu that we get of, of sins of the flesh, and, and, and listen, they feel good for a minute, but you've got to ask yourself the question, what's going to cost you? Like, like, like adultery, uh, I, I would imagine adultery, you know, just to, to be able to sneak away and there's just kind of this anticipation and, and then you go and, and you have a moment uh, of sex with someone who's not your wife. I, I would imagine there'd be something exciting uh, about that, but at what cost? Man, momentary pleasure for what? Man, you, you, you actually, you, you devastate your children, man, your wife. Uh, if reconciliation is ever possible, I promise you it'll take decades uh, to get uh, regain that trust that was lost. You, you'll train wreck your life and the, the life of those you love. Is it worth the cost? Um, that, that hatred, man, to, to bear, like hatred, that you just feel justified not forgiving somebody or holding a grudge against somebody. You feel justified in your hatred. But as, as the, the coals of, of hatred are stoked in your heart, what does it do? Man, it, it, it makes you a, a, a person that you don't want to be around. And when you spew out your anger uh, at people, man, it's just going to leave devastation wherever you are. And even though you spew out hatred uh, around you, what happens? It still doesn't, doesn't calm the, uh, the, the fire down in your soul. And so, uh, and here's what I know. Uh, it, it, hatred and unforgiveness, it's the highest cost. Because Jesus says, if you don't forgive your brother, 
I won't forgive you, right? Uh, it may feel good for a minute, uh, but at what cost? Uh, we, we mentioned envy. Envy. Envy is the person, man, who you can have everything, and but the one thing you want is the one thing you can't have, right? Uh, it, it's like, like peace and contentment are always just out of your grasp and your reach, and, and it's exhausting, right? And, and so at what cost? And so... Um, uh, sin is, is, is fine for a moment. It feels good, but at, at what cost for you? But, but you have a choice. You can, you can die to your flesh, say no to your flesh, go into the ground in the promises you're going to produce much fruit. We read about this fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in, in Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23. Uh, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Uh, and so, so we see this, man, if you'll just die to this momentary pleasure of the flesh, the promise is this, much fruit, man, that your life will be marked with love, the, this, this abiding and abundant love for God and for people, that, that joy uh, will be filled and overflowing in your life, this, this inexhaustible and inextinguishable joy, that, that peace that peace that passes all understanding, that when others people see the peace on your life, it just blows their mind. And so I want to encourage you, man, man it's the hard parts, man, saying no to your flesh that, that leads to the best parts, man, fruit and fruit that remains. Uh, let's look at the second thing in verse 25 that um, uh, I, I just want to be honest uh, and real this morning. It's hard uh, to hate the flesh. Man, the, the flesh, it feels good. It feels very much a part of you. And to hate it, it'll feel like a part of you is dying, right? Um, let, let's read to it. But the promise is it's going to lead to life, eternal life, the Zoe life. I, I'll read it to you. Verse 25, it says, whoever loves his life, that word for life in the Greek, it's the word psyche. It's where we get the word uh, soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So whoever loves his psyche, his life, loses it. And whoever hates his psyche, his life in the world, will keep it for eternal life. And that word eternal life is the word zoe. It's the God kind of a life of abundance, right? And so, um, so there's a, a pastor, Jonathan Pakluda. He was he was sharing the story that his testimony is one of man before he came to Jesus, uh, he was the he he was like jumped uh, both feet in uh, in sin. Man, he was uh, man drugs, alcohol, man sex, uh, uh, partying, debauchery, you name it. Man, he did it to the full. Uh, and then uh, exhausted, he came to Christ. And so that was his testimony. And there was, there was a girl, a young girl on his staff that she didn't have that testimony. Her testimony was, man, I just, I, I've been born and uh, raised in a Christian home, went to church my whole life. And, and she too, she had this joy that marked her life. But, but Jonathan Bakluda, he, he actually was going to test her a little bit. He's like, what makes you think your testimony is better than my testimony? And here's what she said right away. She says, uh, um, I've laughed more than you and I have fewer scars and he, he was taken back he's like you know she's right I, she's got a lot fewer scars than I do right in, in my life and so um, when you become a Christian and um, here's what happens something comes alive on the inside of you it's why we call it being born again like something uh, of, of your reborn spirit comes alive but simultaneously there's something else inside of you, the flesh that is fighting not to die. Something comes alive and something else is fighting not to die. And you can feel the tangible struggle in your soul at times. But the promise 
is that you'll learn to hate the works of the flesh that they'll result in the Zoe kind of life, the abundant life of God. And listen, we, we know this in the natural, like, like if you, you want to have a great marriage, what does that mean? That you need to die uh, to, to parts of your flesh. You have to die to selfishness in your life. You want to have a great body. Uh, you got to die to some, some stuff. You got to die to haagen right? Gluttony and lust and, and, and what you, you got to walk in a Zoe type of discipline over your life, but it, it'll lead to a great body. You want to have a great mind. What You have to die to your flesh, die to laziness, to Netflix and TikTok, right? And all these distractions and whatnot. And so, uh, but we see that, that if you'll embrace uh, the hard part uh, of hating the flesh, um, man, that you can enjoy the very best parts of the Zoe abundant life of God. You know, it was, it was funny, as we're talking about Netflix, I actually got to see this played out on Netflix. So Netflix has this uh, docu-series uh, called Quarterbacks, where they, they follow the life of three NFL quarterbacks, one of which is Kirk Cousins, and uh, he plays for the Minnesota Vikings, and Kirk is a, is a devout Christ follower, man, and, and because he is, um, uh, he, he sometimes, they, the, the media give him like a, this character of just being some nerdy, opie kind of guy or, or whatever, and so he's kind of carried that thing until people on this Netflix documentary got to see his life front and center. Like, like they saw the way he interacts with his, with his children and with his wife and the, this home life that he has. There's something unbelievably attractive about it. How, how he serves uh, his community and like he tucks his kids in at night and, and prays over them. There's, there's something about this idea of family and home that's so attractive to other people to now he's, he's come to kind of quite the media darling. They're like, we don't know why, but we like Kirk Cousins now, all right? And that's nothing but, but seeing the Zoe life. And the promise is, if we'll die to the flesh, hate the flesh, that Zoe life can be produced. The hard parts uh, make the best parts possible. And here's our final point is this in verse 26, that um, um, do you know that following Jesus and serving Jesus, it can be hard. Like, like sometimes I don't want to follow Jesus. I want Jesus to follow me. I promise you, there's going to be moments in your life where Jesus can say, we need to go right. We need to go right. You're going to go, no, no, I want to go left. I want to go left. Verse 26 of John chapter 12, he says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, get this, the father will honor him. Like that is a staggering, staggering promise. Like the promises, you follow my son Jesus and serve him, that God Almighty, that the Father himself will honor you. That word honor, it's the word timeo uh, in the Greek. It means to give assistance to. It means to provide for the needs as a sign of respect. What? It also can mean to, to support and to honor, like the, the Father will support for you, support you, supply your needs as you serve and follow Jesus. And, and listen, I, I, you don't have to be in the Bible. I don't need a Bible story or something to prove it to you. You just need to look at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A was founded by a, a, a Jesus follower, by a man by the name of Truett Cathy. And Truett Cathy was going to, uh, Chick-fil-A was going to honor uh, uh, the Lord uh, with their business. And so uh, Chick-fil-A has always uh, shut down on Sundays to honor God and honor his Sabbath. And how many know, man, that's, that's a hard part. Man, that's a hard thing to do. That's 52 business days. That's 52 days of revenue. They're going out to, to honor God. That's a hard part. But get what, what happens. God has honored Chick-fil-A. 
Do you know that, um, that, that Subway, Starbucks, and McDonald's, they all stay open uh, you know, seven days a week. Uh, and guess what? Chick-fil-A makes more than, than Subway, Starbucks, and McDonald's combined. It's the favor and the honor of God. It's not just that they have great waffle fries. It's God says, you're going to serve and honor my son. I'm going to honor you. And, uh, and, and so I can get you in the Bible with it, like uh, the prophet Daniel. Daniel was taken into Babylonian captivity, and yet still he, he refused uh, to, to follow the ways of the Babylonians, and he chose the hard part. I'm going to serve and honor God in a difficult place. And as he did, do you know what it says? It says that Daniel was found 10 times better than anyone else in Babylon. It was the, the father honoring Daniel. That Daniel, uh, despite whoever uh, regime change took place, that Daniel always rose to prominence. That wasn't just because he was a, a brilliant government official. It was because the father says, Daniel, you're going to honor me. I'm going to honor you. See, it's the hard parts uh, that make the best parts possible. Let's pray. Lord, uh, and just uh, thank you for this time. And Jesus, uh, we just want to thank you this morning, Lord, that you endured the hard parts, that, that we might enjoy the very best parts of salvation. And Lord, I, I want to pray for your people this morning, Lord, that, that as we, we hit these impasses, the hard parts of following you, oh Lord, may you give us the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to die to our flesh and to say yes to you, Lord. Lord, will you give us that strength? We thank you, we trust you, and we believe you for it. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, listen, uh, the, the sermon's over with, but we're not quite finished. As, as always, I want to remind you that you can remain faithful in your tithing and your giving. Uh, tithe simply means a tenth, that a tenth of everything that we bring in, we give back to the Lord. And listen, I, I'm no idiot. I, I know that can be the hard part. But remember, it's the hard part that leads to the best parts. As you honor God, God will honor and care for you. And so there's three ways you can give. You can go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or you can give via text. My family and I give this way. Um, if you just text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977, it's a very convenient way to give. Or lastly, you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly bless you as you're faithful in your giving. Every nation, Jesus loves you. I think you're amazing too. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.